The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is going on everybody welcome to the kind of funny x cast your home for all things xbox here at kind of funny i'm one of your hosts Snowbike mike and of course i am joined by my two incredible guests these guys and gals are everything to me so first off alana how are you it's great to see you as always doing good doing good happy to be here got stuff to talk about Ooh, we got a lot to talk about alana but before we get into that just tell me how was your week did you do anything awesome because i can't wait to share a story with you not really? What, was I supposed oh. to have something prepared? Oh, that's all right. Well, you fought off smoke. You fought off a heat wave. Now, hopefully, everything is calming down into the fall weather I'm hoping for. you. A little more chill pumpkin spice lattes in the air, you know? <laughs> it does sound lovely. I do. Like, I feel like I should give a shout out to uh, Indyland, which okay. is a charity thing that's going on over this weekend. I will be a part of tonight, but it, it will still be going when the episode publishes. Uh, definitely check out Indyland run by um, Gerard the Completionist. Very cool showcase of indie games and uh, raising money for good causes. All right. Well, that's super cool. And we will definitely touch on that one more time at the end of the show. So nobody can forget about that. Gary <laughs> Witta, how has your week been, my man? It's been good. If I'm being completely honest with you, I've been kind of, you know, you have one of those weeks when you're just in like kind of a meh mood all week. Like you can never quite get out of neutral in terms of your mood. And I, I, I know that's completely alien to you, Mike, because you're no, always same, like, Gary. Just kind of been like, I'm fine. Alana, Alana gets it. She's she's picking up what I'm putting down. Mike is like, what? You, you mean you're feeling anything less than 100% positive? That's completely alien to Snowbike, Mike. He just doesn't. That's a completely alien, foreign concept to Mike. I can, no, I can imagine I'm, I'm, the no, same I'm, person who can't say the word crap to feel like that, you know? Like, I yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I'm glad to be. I had a good day today, actually. This morning, I got to record some promotional stuff for a, uh, a new Star Wars project that I contributed to that you'll be seeing uh, more of. Uh, very shortly. And now I'm here with um, uh, you fine people. Excited to talk about all things Xbox. Come on. People listening all around the globe. We got the two coolest co-hosts you could ever ask for. Alana Pierce and Gary Weta mm -hmm. doing cool stuff. And Alana, I wanted to tell you a story because this week I hosted another Fall Mania brought to you by Red Bull mm. and my good friend Grant Pooh Bear. And, you know, you got to tell us a little bit about your semi-pro Gears of War experiences. Well, you know what? We might have an esports player on our hand. Mr. Gary Witta last <laughs> night competed in Fall Mania 3 and he made it to the semifinals, Alana. It was wild to watch. I did. I'm proud of you, Gary. I'm proud of you. What any cool strats that you employed? I just, you know, I just tried to stay composed and concentrate on playing my game and not let the, you know, the bright lights and the and the big uh, production values of the show because it really was impressive. I was watching some of the stream. Um, it's like watching ESPN or something. I mean, it's it's very, very high production values. Mm. What what Grand Pooh Bear and his team have put together is really amazing. And I got to say, once again, Mike is just the best in the business when it comes to this kind of thing. It is only a matter of time before ESPN or someone like that, some big esports organization, 
picks him up because he always brings the energy, always brings the hype, the absolute best uh, shoutcaster in the business. My hat is off to you, sir. As for my own um, uh, performance, yeah, I mean, I went into it with my expectations set very low. I saw some of the people I was going in competing against, like esports professionals, speedrunners, people who are like absolutely the top of their game. I just didn't want to get crushed. I thought, just don't embarrass yourself. And I did. I made it out of the semifinals. Um, I lasted longer than the defending champion. Um, nice. And uh, and yeah. I, I and, and the group that I got knocked out of was pretty much the group of death. Like it was one of the highest. Uh, so so the, the people that I was in the semifinal with were some of the highest ranked competitors in the game. So I put up some good numbers, some good performances, and uh, I walked away uh, with my head held high and a free case of Red Bull. So I'm not oh, complaining. That's the dream, Gary. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if there's an esports uh, career in the uh, offing for me just yet, but I did. That was actually the first um, esports tournament that I've ever uh, participated in, and it really was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it immensely. What the, what what those guys have created over there with that with Formania is is really really uh, impressive, and um, I look forward to uh, coming back and doing another one with them. Super cool. Wow. Yeah, and really um, cool to watch Mike, it. when you get uh, poached by someone, just tell them that you can't do Fridays. Yeah, Fridays never. Yep, yeah. never. Fridays are lost off day. That's when I talk <laughs> Xcast with the two coolest people. We just talk Xbox. We hang out. But get this, y'all. We got a lot to talk about. We Gary Ritter said he was in a meh mood, which I'm over here like that's a impossible. And B, after this week, how can that be possible, Gary Ritter? But we'll talk about it because this is the kind of funny Xcast each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast Best Coast time on YouTube.com. Slash kind of funny games. We post to you live and on podcast services around the globe. So please like, share, subscribe, throw this to everybody you know if they want to talk Xbox, if they're hyped up about the Bethesda purchase, or if they're hyped up about their new Xbox Series X and/or S. Like, yo, you should listen to the X Cast because they got Alana Pierce, Gary Witta, Barrett Courtney, and the hype master himself, Snowbike Mike, bringing you the energy. So make sure to check that out. Kind of funny Xbox weekends continue this week as Greg Miller continues to go through his first ever playthrough of Halo Combat Evolved. That will be posted to YouTube on Sunday. Enough with the housekeeping news. I'm excited to talk about Xbox, and I'm sure all of our best friends are as well. So let's talk about this week. Pre-orders went live on Tuesday. Gary Alana, we gave all of our tips. We gave all of our expertise to everybody out there. Let's go around the horn. How was everybody's experiences? What did we think of the Xbox Series X and S pre-order? Alana, I'll kick it to you. How was your pre-order experience? I didn't. So, quite peaceful. <laughs> Had a great time. Um, no, I mean, I have always been a little bit picky about pre-orders. In this case, uh, I will be getting a preview unit from Microsoft, which obviously, as soon as I get my hands on that, should be next week. I will talk about to death on this show. Um, and that is obviously just a tremendous, ridiculous privilege. But I, in any case, often won't um, pre-order the night that they drop. Uh, and I don't really know why I do that. I tend to wait closer to release and I feel like it's less of a scramble and I've still always managed to get one. Um, I, I don't know what the circumstance would have been, though. But no, that I, I managed to bypass all of it. So it was mostly like trying to help friends. I did have a couple of uh, different instances where I was trying to help a friend particularly and Target was the, the go-to that I was attempting and I just kept getting this weird cart error. <laughs> wasn't wasn't working as smoothly as I'm sure they hoped. Yeah, that was weird over at Target, Alana. I'm sure you can share the experience like me. I had it at Target and it would not let me put it into the cart, right? You would click on it over and over again. There's like 
hey, this is a pre-order. This is, they were saying some weird beta or some weird wording there. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Just put it in the cart so I can <laughs> click on it. But I think it was just so many people jamming the click button For there. Sure. It's or it was down. saying that you're, uh, that you had too many in your cart already, even if you had none. <laughs> I saw Jeff Keeley tweet about that. He'd be like, you have more than the allowed allocation in your cart right now, but he had zero in his cart. So I don't know. Target just had checkout issues, I suppose. Uh, but I know across the board, it seems like everyone had problems. I don't know that any of these websites were smooth. Okay. Gary Witt, on your side, what uh, what did you think, my man? Well, I was down there with the uh, the huddled masses, Mike, fighting for my uh, pre-order. It's 7.55 a.m. I was in front of my computer. I did it. tried to do everything right. Uh, I tried to to take my own advice, advice we imparted on the show uh, last week. I uh, was logged into uh, the Microsoft Store, uh, the Amazon Store, and Target because those felt those just just felt like the three best bets to me. Uh, Microsoft and Amazon because I kind of felt like they probably would have the most allocation and the best uh, you know internet backbone. Like those companies felt like the least likely to go down in terms of all the traffic uh, hitting them at eight a.m. Uh, and Target because I have the red card. Now you save 25 bucks if I can, if I can order it over there. Um, and yeah, for a, the first 20, 30 minutes were extremely frustrating. Like each each different site had a, had a fascinating different way to fail me and annoy me. Um, mm. The Microsoft Store just went down. Yeah. Uh, the Amazon page started showing me pictures of dogs, which I guess <laughs> yeah, is yeah. like, sorry, here's a dog. <laughs> That's how about, but, but how about this cute dog, though? It's like, cute okay, photo. well, yeah, sure, dogs are great, but like, that's not what I came here for. And then Target was like a whole, as, as Alana said, was a whole mess. Penny Arcade actually did a really fun uh, cartoon about it this week, a strip about it that kind of imagined what that process would be like if you actually went to a Target. Like, so he goes to the shelf, gets the Xbox, brings it to the register, but she's like, it's not in your cart. He's like, wait, where'd it go? I just had it here a second ago, but now it's not in my cart. Goes back and gets another one. Sorry, now you've got too many. You can't check out now either. And then I guess the, what happens after that, the, the cashier just explodes or something. I don't know. Either way, you ain't walking out of there with an Xbox. So it was an exercise in frustration. Uh, long story short, after a lot of hammering on the refresh button, I did. People said to me like all week, like, did you get an Xbox? I'm like, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you if I have an Xbox yeah. if and when the UPS truck shows up. I don't, until then, I don't count any chickens. Um, I have a confirmation number, but we all know a confirmation number is only a confirmation number until it's not. Until you get that email from Amazon saying, oh, sorry, you're not actually going to get it. Because uh, we've seen that happen as well. I know a lot of people were very frustrated. Microsoft made a lot of noises about this pre-order process uh, being more orderly than the, than the ambush uh, pre-orders that uh, PlayStation sprung on us uh, the previous week, um, but I don't really know if it was. It, it felt it felt very much like the same exercise in frustration uh, that we experienced with the PlayStation Five the previous week. I I don't know what the solution is, Mike. And until someone comes up with a radically different way to approach how we pre-order these consoles, it just seems like the same story every time. Like I, I basically knew what was going to happen before it happened. I knew the sites were going to freeze up. I knew they were going to go down. I knew I, I knew it was going to be frustrating. I knew I would get it in my cart, but then it wouldn't let me check out. How do I know all these things? Because it's because it, this is exactly what's happened so many times before. It's happened again now, twice in the space of a week with PlayStation and Xbox. If anyone's got a better idea, I, I can only imagine that there isn't a better way to do it yet because these are some of the smartest, well, theoretically smartest and highest paid people in the business that they're at the top of Sony, Microsoft, Amazon, Walmart, like, you know, Target, Best Buy. If, if there was a better way to do it, you think they would have figured it out by now. I don't know what the way forward is. I just, for the, for the foreseeable future, this is the world we live in. We're trying to pre-order these things is just 
really difficult and frustrating and a bit of a lottery. Yeah, Gary, I have no idea what the solution is. Yeah, I agree. It's <laughs> like I've seen people be like, they need to do these better. I'm like, what, how though? Like no one can do it. I saw someone say like, well, they should do it the way Nike does. And I'm like, I'm telling you, as someone who buys a lot of Nike, they don't have it down either. It's terrible across that. the board. I just don't know what what the solution I, is. I, I just, it's interesting you, you you touch on that Alana I see John Drake and a lot of other sneakerheads in the in the in Twitter this week going like yeah welcome to our world this is what we do because you know mm -hmm. they do these sneaker drops the and time. they're very limited edition it was one and the collectors want them the scalpers want them um I mean is it is it is it the is it the same as in the in the sneaker world Alana are you hammering that refresh button at 759 a.m what are you doing yeah the the difference is that they have like dedicated specific apps like the sneakers app. So at least there are, there's less of a breadth of places to go. And if you can't, if it's sold out on the sneakers app, often you can go to a less popular website, like a retailer that sells shoes. That's a lot less popular and still occasionally find one, but it's ultimately the exact same process. Like mm. I have gotten shoes that I wanted maybe 20% of the time that I've tried with the sneaker drop. It's super uncommon and really difficult, especially for the, the ones that are more highly sought after. It's like almost not even worth trying. It seems like it's a similar issue with um, – because the biggest problem across the board is just the internet backend infrastructure cannot handle the load of everyone hitting their site at once. It is essentially a, a denial-of-service attack, right? It, that's what's going – that's exactly what goes on yeah. with denial, a denial-of-service attack. Everyone swarms a website at the same time uh, or they have bots do it because bots come into play as well. You've got scalpers that are, that, are, that are hitting these websites with their scripts and their bots trying to check out with these things as quickly as possible so they can put them on eBay, a horrendous uh, markup. Um, and even, again, even Amazon and even Microsoft that have the best internet infrastructures in the world cannot handle it. I imagine they could handle it if they were willing to put like a huge amount of money into reinforcing the infrastructure it's very very similar to the conversation i end up having with a lot of people every time a big live service game comes out or a big online game is launched and like this happened with fall guys recently remember the first week of fall guys that was a mess i can go all the way back to the launch of world of warcraft like more than a decade ago i still i still have nightmares about that thanksgiving weekend when warcraft came out and no one could get on because they just couldn't handle the load and people have told me that it's not as simple as just throwing more servers like you can't just brute force it in terms of throwing more server um, architecture at it yeah. it's very expensive i think these companies have basically decided it's it's ultimately worth more to them for you to be frustrated and have a difficult time ordering your xbox than it is to the, the, the lot of money it would cost for them to try to to make this um to make their their infrastructure more uh, robust so if there, maybe there is a solution, but they're just choosing not to implement it because it's too expensive. Um, you know, people, you're going to end up buying an Xbox from them sooner or later, I suppose. Although you could argue that if one company's got a better internet infrastructure than another, well, I don't care if I buy from Best Buy or Amazon or Walmart or whatever. It's like, I, can you send, sell, sell me an Xbox? If you can, I will buy it from you. I did not care which one, you know, it's, it's like a lot of people on on uh, on Tuesday, Mike, I'm sure you were the same. You've got these tabs open on multiple sites, like first past the post wins. Like whoever whoever gets me checked out first with a, you know, with a, with a confirmation number, good, I bought it from you. I don't have a preference. So that's going to come down to who, who, who can actually do that? Who can process my transaction? And it took 20 minutes for me to find any website that could process my transaction. You on got Launchpad. Amazon, right? I got an Amazon confirmation number and a Microsoft confirmation number. I've got okay. two because it's it, it entirely likely that one or maybe even both won't come, won't come through. Yeah. I thought it made sense to kind of spread my bets a, a little and get a, and get a second one. If I end up with two, I'll I'll do what I did with the PlayStation Four when that came out. 
and I'll and I'll find someone who couldn't get one on launch day and I'll just sell it onto them uh, yeah. for cost and help them out if I can. Um, would but, you guys uh, have yeah. considered going somewhere in person if no. the circumstances? I Absolutely wouldn't have either, not. I don't think. But I, like I mean, if the circumstances games, weren't much. how they were, no, because I just don't, don't even know what stores look like in this. If the if under normal circumstances, I would at least consider it. But given considering where we are, no, it's not. I don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah, a lot of people were doing it though. I saw a lot of traffic, a lot of social media stuff. Uh, people in line at GameStops, and I don't well, know. Have we just forgotten how dangerous this is? I don't know. What it's closed? funny you brought that up, Alana, because I have two viewer questions from two of our best friends out there. Okay. So one was from D Row, who said, "Hey, is there a better way for pre-orders?" And it sounds like around the horn. We really just don't have a great answer here. We're really hoping that somebody elevates pre-order processes one day. But a best friend, Benji Pop, Benji Bop, said, hey, I was worried about online websites crashing. So instead, I took the risk. I masked up and went to my local GameStop at 5 a.m. to wait for six hours. I was second. I was the second person there, and a group of us waited in cars until 7 a.m., then all got out, formed a socially distanced line. It was a good bunch. We all talked Xbox and even some Sony and Nintendo. I found it interesting that two of the people in line were there because they missed out on the PS5 last week, but wanted in on the next gen day one. So they switched over and waited in line with me. Hmm. So Benji Bop took the risk. He went out there and he said it, it wasn't that bad of an experience. Of course, I don't think anybody really wants to go out in the middle of a pandemic and stand around outside of a GameStop. but. You know, like Alana said right there, would I have done that? Yeah, because I do miss that experience. We talked about it with Larry, if you remember there. Alana, I asked Halo him, hey, how do you, launch, man. How do you so make good. this special, right? And so I think for me, that that camaraderie is fun. But like you said, Gary, I, it's a different world out there right now. I'm a little more hesitant to do, just jump in the car and go. Like, I mean, not to jump at this, but it's hard for me not to as a person who's immunocompromised. It's not you're risking yourself. It's you catching it and then spreading it to people like me or the elderly or the sick. So, like, I, it's awesome that that person had a positive experience. But generally, if you have to gather in a cloud, sorry, in a crowd, <laughs> I've got the cloud on the mind, obviously. If you have to gather in a crowd, you're still putting other people at risk, which is, is ultimately yeah, the I mean, I, to do that. I, I think we can make an educated guess, obviously not a specific number, but just anecdotally, like, it's probably not difficult to, to, to make the statement. Some people got COVID-19 because they went looking for an Xbox or a PlayStation. Probably, Live, right? probably. Some people did. You can't tell me nobody did. Some people did. Um, and then who knows yep, what tested, happens from there. Isolate. That's what you got to do now. Um, well, that's, I mean, no, I mean, that's, me that, really I, I, you got a game console. That's all you want to do is isolate. I can play an Xbox <laughs> for 14 days. No worries. No true. danger. It's true. Um, no, I mean, you're right about the camaraderie. I mean, the last one I camped out for was the original Nintendo Wii. I camped out overnight outside of Best Buy. Away. I had to get a Nintendo <laughs> Wii. And about four o'clock in the morning, I was definitely having that long, dark night of the soul going like, Gary, what are you? You got to start reevaluating some of your life decisions. <laughs> but then when, when I finally did get the, uh, the Wii at like 8 a.m. Uh, that morning when they opened the store, I, in a sad way, felt like I had accomplished something. And there is like those moments in the life of a gamer where you feel like it kind of, it's like, yeah, like I really, you know, I, I went out on a limb to get this and I got it. I feel like this, this is all part of my kind of gamer credentials that I'm willing to do these things. It's a bit sad, but, you know, that's, that, that, you know this, this, these are the lives that we've chosen um, to lead. Under these circumstances, no, absolutely not. Like if you, if you told me that I could definitely get an Xbox or a PlayStation 5 for launch day, but it would involve going to a big box store, I would wait. I would honestly wait. I don't think it's worth as much as I want to get my hands on that next gen. Um, I don't want to die. 
uh, or get or 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 you know recover from COVID and then have you know condition you know conditions that are gonna um, uh, uh, bother me for the rest. I'm 48 years old. I can't fuck around with this. Maybe some of you young spring chickens can, yeah. but like I I have to worry about this kind of stuff. And you know my wife um, has got a pre-existing condition. Like these are all the things that we have to uh, consider. So um, I hope my pre I hope my confirmation numbers hold up, and uh, I'll be playing. Um, honor around uh, launch day, and I wish everyone else who went through the uh, the meat grinder, the pre order meat grinder this week, that they um, have a happy ending uh, to their story too. But it does, it like it sounds like a bit of a mess. I just don't know. I, I don't even know how to criticize Microsoft or the retailers because you can't just say, well, there has to be a better way, like because you don't know for a fa- for for a fact that there is. If there, it seems like if there was one, they would have tried it by now. But no one's come out of the no no one's come out with like a radically different way to do this that solves this internet collapse problem that we see every single time this might just be how it's always going to be i, I don't mean know bots can get around captures now too so that yeah. doesn't work either um i just i don't know what the solution is aside from a lottery system that goes out ages in advance when you sign up you know sony sort of touched on that but i don't know what that allocation was really but the idea that you sign up to something like weeks in advance and then right. you will be emailed a ticket that will put you in a queue, like maybe that kind of system works better. But I yeah, and those tickets to need to be non-transferable as well, so they can't True. just be put up on eBay too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you want, that, yeah. you want that Willy Wonka golden ticket, right? Yeah, yeah. that's a good um, idea. I like that. The green yeah. ticket. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what the solution is. The, the, the scalpers and the bots obviously are a big problem. Basically, these the people that know a little bit about how to program will write a script that will basically put an Xbox in in the shopping cart and check out way faster than a human can. Yeah. And so you just can't, and, and, you know, they're, they're operating like a, a orders of magnitude faster than you. And they're, they're doing all kinds of like little clever little tricks and shortcuts. Um, I noticed that when Wario64 tweeted out a link the other day to get an Xbox, the link took you right to the checkout page with the, with the Xbox already in your shopping cart which cool. was a neat little shortcut. Mm-hmm. And okay. the bots and the scripters are doing, are doing all these kinds of things, but they're doing it on a mass level with automation. You just cannot beat these guys, except a little bit after the fact. I don't know if you saw this, but this pleased me immensely. Um, I don't know if you saw the, uh, the tweets going around this week where some people on eBay were posting their uh, confirmation screen because they, they, they don't have an uh, yeah. Xbox to sell you yet, but they have the, the pre-order, the confirmation number. Basically, I have this. You'll get it when I get it, but you got to pay me three times the price or whatever. These exorbitant um, uh, fees that they're charging to sell these things onto you. Uh, but some people who have not been smart enough to um, uh, pixelate out their confirmation numbers when they put it on eBay, people are now going to Microsoft and Amazon with that confirmation number and pretending to be that scalper and canceling their orders, they are. which I think Adam. is wonderful. God. I fully that's, support these efforts true. to no, that and undermine is true. scalpers at every opportunity. That's true. My my reaction is, wow, that's a lot of effort to troll. But if you're going to troll <laughs> so anyone, it, yeah, you're actually troll right. Though, trolling though, yeah. the right people. <laughs> think of you're bringing joy to so many people when you when yeah. you do that. It pleased yeah. me. That was the one thing this week that really cheered me up. I was like, yeah, good. That's Not that it's likely, but if we have any people who do resell bullshit, like who happen to watch this show, could you not? Yeah, please don't. It's so awful. Like it's, it's so not unfair nice. for a lot of people. It's, you're just being greedy. There are people out there that would really just genuinely like to have an Xbox uh, or a PlayStation that don't want to be held over the barrel uh, for it. It's 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 just it's just low down and dirty behavior. You're better than that. I mean, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not better than that. That's why you're doing it. But try yeah. to be better. 
Try yeah. to be a better person than that. That's all we you want. Know, be yeah. the best person. Make a positive impact. <laughs> yeah. I had a positive experience with mine. Now, I will say it was an all right experience. Not good. Not great. Not incredible. But much better than Sony. Let's be honest with each other. I was so ready. Mike, what, so what was your experience? What happened with you? Actually, yeah. rewind. The night before, me and Gary Witta went through all 50 levels of we did together to celebrate the pre-launch party. We so finally did the, the 50 level Gears uh, 5 yeah. horde, horde mode that we've been talking about. And then get this, Alana, I stayed up all night with my friends and we watched Guts. Do you have it? 90s Nickelodeon reality television show. It was a ton of fun. Somebody will remember the aggro crag and all that listening out there. I had no idea, what he, was, I had no idea watched, what he was talking about. Because we're not we American, watched, Alana. We, we watched the thing is it, all this is night some foreign long. nonsense. It was a ton of fun. And then we stayed up. And when the pre-orders came out, I was similar to everybody else, right? Microsoft was crashing. Target was out. And I believe Walmart, I believe Amazon and Best Buy came in about an hour later. So oh, for wow. my Microsoft purchase, it took about 40 minutes. And it came down to one of my friends just saying, hey, let that thing spin. And I let the thing spin and spin. And at about 8.40, I had my confirmation from Microsoft that I had purchased my Xbox Series X. And all of a sudden, Wario tweeted out that Amazon had finally gone live what, 50 minutes later uh, at about 9 o'clock? And so I we were able to get over there days. really quick. But, yeah, that guy, he's pretty wild with those affiliate links, right? Yeah. Those got to be at. Oh, I mean, right I around. know Wario64, if anyone's not heard of him, great person to follow. Um, he basically will tweet, like, deals that he seems to find before anyone else does, occasionally leaks. Uh, and obviously this, like, Amazon link. He's just very on top of stuff. And I know that people in games media have tried to hire him Oh, uh, like it's it's been a conversation that has happened, um, but it ultimately couldn't work because he functions too independently. I guess like it was like he's there got was some something kind about... of inside track. Somebody should figure out like the interview and figure out like what it, what 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 is the inside scoop that he's getting because he's always the first to the uh, to social media with these deals. I mean, yeah, this, oh my god, I think when I followed him, he only had like maybe fifty thousand followers, like maybe even less. He's three hundred thousand now. now. Yeah. That's crazy. But, Very but popular. I'm convinced he hasn't been followers. hired because he's not a real person. I'm still, I'm still. Oh, he's a robot. He's just, he's just an he's like a hyper-intelligent AI. <laughs> that would explain a lot. It would. Yeah. If he is a bot, that would explain a lot. <laughs> I have seen uh, like a few videos. I think someone had a uh, developer do it. I think he had he had one that was his pin comment, and then one that like surfaced on Reddit where it's people being like, "Show your face, Wario." Who are you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, super interesting person to follow, but um, sorry to derail you there, Mike. It does to, just um, seem like Amazon was the one that people had most success with. And I did want to mention, yep. I tweeted a poll. Obviously, this is, you know, very anecdotal. I think I got about 30,000 uh, responses. It's only people who are following me. But majority of people, uh, the, the question I asked, sorry, was, did you get the next-gen console that you wanted? And my answers were, yes, no, I got one, but wanted both. And then I just had people fill out. Majority of people said yes. So most people on this one poll, again, very anecdotal, <laughs> not a good study. Uh, and I was surprised to see it. Most people did manage to pre-order whatever it was that they wanted. Uh, whereas just like from the, the chaos of it, I would have expected it to be no. But it seems like it actually worked out okay. It was just painful to actually get to that point. And I mean, yeah, it's, it sounds like the people that didn't get one were the ones that went through the initial five minutes, either couldn't get through, were frustrated, saw that they had, by the time you do get through, it's sold out. But, the, but what's interesting is that they keep, they keep coming back in and out of stock. Like Target will say it's out of stock, but then five minutes later, they'll be back in. Like and maybe it's coming in waves or again, I, haven't, I have no for. idea what's, what's happening. Sorry, Alana? If I had to pre-order it, that's what I tend to look out for. I don't know why I do it this uh, way with, with consoles yeah. or tech. 
But I, 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 I tweeted out some frustration with the Microsoft that. Store on Tuesday morning, and then someone replied and said, no, it's back now. Go try again. So I very quickly mm. tried again, and I actually got through on that second wave. So, um, you know, if at first you don't succeed, I think is the uh, is the motto here, because I um, I eventually got mine after about, like, so like 8 o'clock, I'm thinking, I'm either getting this in the first five minutes or I'm not. Like, this is, this is all going to be over in five minutes. And yeah. by about 8.20, I was like, yeah, this ain't happening. Mm-hmm. And that's when someone said, no, try again on the Microsoft Store. I just got mine. I thought, oh, okay, fine. I'll try one more time. And like, it was a, you, you might like the, 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 the spinning wheel, spinning, 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 spinning. I'm like, don't re- do I refresh? Do I not refresh? What do I do here? Like, don't refresh. And it eventually went through. Um, I would have refreshed. Good to know. I would have Persistence, refreshed. Persistence uh, paid off. The GameStop thing was funny. Do you see how they put people in a queue? There was a waiting page. Yeah. And it said, don't refresh the page. Don't refresh the page because that will put you at the back of the queue. That turned out to be a scam because uh, somebody looked at the uh, HTML for the page and the page auto refreshes every 30 seconds anyway. They just don't want you manually doing it. Oh my gosh. Um, So there's there's all kinds of internet dark arts going on, black magic going on behind the scenes, Mike, Mm. as they try to uh, regulate this pre-order process. All right, let's keep this snap because I got two I want to finish with this on because, of course, we got some big news we got to talk about. Two quick ones. One, did you both see the photos that were going around from different actual brick-and-mortar shops that said, hey, we have six of this and three of the S's, six X's, three S's? Do we think that this may be as similar to the PlayStation disc list where it's very limited quality quantities of this smaller box? Or do you think we're going to see some numbers come out later that will be pretty even across the board? What do you guys think? It is. Uh, so I tangentially confirmed this uh, secondhand source is a source told me something that they got from a firsthand source. So again, that's, that's a disclosure. It could be bullshit. <laughs> but, but what I heard was that the S is selling at such a loss that it, it has uh, intentionally been made um, lesser quantity. Wow. Okay, good to know. Second one, I know Gary Wittes jumped on a pre-order. We have a lot of details now about the one terabyte special memory expansion card, whatever you want to call it. It's a memory card to me, okay? $220, one terabyte. It is the new special SSD, whatever you want to call it. What do we think about that, Gary? I'll go to you with the face. Are you happy with the price tag? Are you happy with the one terabyte? Did you pre-order it? I mean, yeah, I I ordered it, but that's because I've got more money than sense. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a typical consumer, um, and I don't, I don't know if it's for everyone, but I definitely want that convenience. I'm thinking in for a penny, in for a pound. Let's go into this next gen uh, experience like fully loaded. Let's not leave anything on the table. I I also ordered the I also ordered uh, two extra controllers. I got the white one and the blue one just because oh, just because I want I want to have the full gamut of the Xbox Series X. Uh, experience. I don't want to be juggling, um, uh, you know, hard drive space. Uh, the little, the little uh, one terabyte thing is this cute little dongle, right? It looks like some kind of proprietary slot on the back. I don't yeah. think it's yeah. just like USB. It's uh-huh. like a special slot. I believe it's all proprietary. Yeah, yeah they, they have a special expensive. expansion slot. Two hundred and twenty bucks for a terabyte is not that far out of whack for considering memory prices these days. It's still, it's still a lot of money though. You can definitely get um, uh, uh, memory for cheaper than that. I think they are, you know, putting a little bit of an Xbox tax uh, on you. The thing that's really interesting to me is they say that this is compatible with both Series S and Series X. The mm-hmm. economy of, of of the Series S plus a memory card doesn't make any sense to me. No. If you, you make, you're already getting an extra 500 gigs with the Series X. If you're going to spend an extra 200 bucks, just get a Series X. Absolutely, doesn't make yeah. any sense. This uh, my reaction was that it was a lot more expensive than I than I hoped it would be. Um, yeah. Two hundred and twenty nine, right? 
That's that's correct. Yeah, yeah. two no two nineteen two nineteen two nineteen. Okay, that's a lot of money uh, no, for cheap. a thing that will, in theory, make my life significantly easier. Um, yeah. And yeah, the last time that we spoke about it on the show was my first time even hearing about it. So I learned about it all from you. Uh, which, to be clear, I, uh, I'm of the understanding that you can still store games on an external hard drive. Correct. But you cannot run them off an external hard drive. You would just have to then transfer them between the two, right? So it's not like it's locking you off of using your own hard drive, correct? No, you're going to have a very interesting situation here. So you can take your old 3.0 USB hard drive that I'm sure we all have as an external hard drive and plug it directly into your Xbox Series S and or X. It will immediately run all of those games, but with the Xbox One version. You will not get the upgrades or the benefits Uh that you will get from the next generation of games that must be played off of your new SSD hard drive within or the memory expansion card. The catch is, is if you transfer that Xbox Series X game onto your external hard drive to clear up space, it will not be running the upgraded version. So that's one thing you got to remember when you're moving back and forth things. I just okay. I just looked up one terabyte SSD on Amazon and it's about a hundred bucks. Uh, now that isn't in the cute little stick form factor that the Seagate cool. product is is, um, but that's still. I mean, they're, they're they're definitely. I don't know if they like price gouging, but they're definitely charging you uh, more here because this is the one option that you can go with right now if you want to have the best uh, performance. Um, you know whether whether or not whether that's because you know it conforms to this velocity architecture that Microsoft is touting yes. as as giving you the faster uh, speeds. Um, uh, that may well be the case. It's just proprietary is more expensive. It's a unique piece it's, that they had to custom design yeah. for the console. It's, it's always more expensive, and it is definitely expensive. And I don't think it's, it's a, 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 you know, and, and it's something. Like one terabyte is going to be. I, I, I didn't. I never expanded my One X. Um, and occasionally I juggle games on and off of there, but for the most part, I've got like ninety percent of the collection I want on there all the time. It's no, I've never been really been like, ah, I really need to upgrade the storage on this one. Series X games may have bigger install sizes. Um, on another day, I may not have bought it. I'm just like, I've got that next gen fever, Mike. I've got, I've got, got some it. money you burning a hole Gary. in my pocket. Like, I gotta have all the toys. Spend it, it up, big daddy. You're the rogue one for a reason. Now, quick to end <laughs> this, I will say this I am, I'm not shocked by the price tag. I think we all can agree we understand next gen, we understand things rising, and then eventually we'll settle in. It is a pretty high, steep price tag. What and I'm mostly I'm not, worried don't forget, about, Mike, it's something you can buy down the road. The one terabyte exactly. is gonna be plenty for a while. Yeah, but what it's I'm an worried about thing the you can most, add on Gary, down the road. is the reality, and I'm excited to see Alana's experience with her Xbox coming in. You have Digital Friendly and different groups already with it. But what I really am looking forward to is transfer speeds, right? So I tested it with my friend. Last night, I transferred Gears of War from my external hard drive onto the internal, thinking what we'd be doing with our Xboxes when we get into November, right? It took 38 minutes to, tra- or it took... 16 minutes to transfer 65 gigs off my hard drive. My friend from his hard drive to his internal for Halo 5, 97 gigs took 38 minutes to transfer. Now, mind you, they're all going to change due to your hard drive and what you have. But I'm really excited to see, will this be a faster process on the Xbox Series S and X due to the velocity architecture and the memory? And on the flip side, you know, is that fast enough? Is that snappy enough for you, me, Alana, and Gary here to be happy with, right? 16 minutes. 38 minutes. Is that too long? Is that long enough? Is that enough time? I, I, I'm really interested to see how fast these things turn out next week and the week after once we learn a lot more about them. 
Yeah, we won't uh, we won't know until until we start testing them for ourselves and absolutely. the websites are going to be out yeah. there, you know, with a stopwatch doing all this kind of stuff. And we'll know it when we see it. My my suspicion is you're definitely going to see uh, a a drop off in performance between that expensive proprietary option and you know whatever third party USB drive you want to plug in there. Um, I would say for a lot of people who are price conscious but do want the extra storage, uh, memory is the one thing that consistently drops in price as time goes on. Like memory yeah. is so is so cheap now compared to what it was. Um, you know, but it, it, it essentially almost halves. Like every year, it gets cheaper and cheaper. Um, so I would say, like, wait if you if you don't feel like you need that two terabyte of storage right off the bat, wait a year. See wait. see see where you are after six months and a year. And and a that Seagate product may be cheaper, and b there may be also comparable. Uh, or the market may have opened up, and there may be different options on the market. I'm hoping that I, that Microsoft will license out uh, the velocity, you know, authentication or whatever it is that needs to be kind of considered a top tier product like the Seagate one is out to other uh, other companies as well, so we can start getting a bit competitive with, um, you know, who's who's off, who's offering what storage and what speeds at what price and stuff like that, and there'll be a bit more consumer choice. Right now, if you do want to. Um, expand your your Series S or your Series X in a way where you're not going to see any kind of drop off between the internal and the external uh, storage. Yeah, you got to you got to pay through the nose a little bit. But again, that's that's the early adopter tax that we always uh, pay. I think for for ninety five percent of people out there, they'll be happy to wait and see what happens in the market in terms of the pricing and the options. That's me. I felt like I couldn't do it uh, for a hundred dollars. I was willing to do it uh, for two nineteen. You know, for a lot of people, it doesn't sound like that much. I ain't got Star Wars money, Gary. No, we, I was like two nineteen is. But something that I we don't the, necessarily the need is, <laughs> is just too much. Um, and I, I didn't feel like I could. But I, that's exactly my mindset is I can probably wait. Like I All can right. wait to see what happens. Yeah, and, and, I think in a, and, I think, and I think in a year that $99 option that you just talked about probably will be a real thing. hope so. It will be. Now, here's one thing we don't have to wait for. It happened Monday right before pre-orders. It is the most hype Xbox news of the week, maybe of the year. This is one of the coolest things ever. Let's break it down. You guys ready? Y'all know what I'm already going to say I got to say, Mike, when I first saw this news, my first thought was, has anyone checked on Snowbike Mike? (laughs) (laughs) How's he had a heart attack? (laughs) So I broke it down just pretty quick like this. Here's the deal. What just happened? Microsoft has acquired ZeniMax Media for $7.5 billion. That's Star Wars money like Gary Witt has got. ZeniMax Media is is the parent company of Bethesda Softworks. Many of you probably know that name, which means eight new super talented game studios join the Xbox Game Studio roster. Bethesda Games, id Software, ZeniMax Online Studios, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, and Roadhouse Studios. Alana, Gary, I love Bethesda so, so much. And to hear this news on Monday was world shaking. Alana, what did you think of this? Unexpected. Um, my immediate reaction was seven point four billion dollars. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so much money. Um, and then, of course, I jumped straight into what does this mean for exclusivity for Bethesda games? Um, actually, I'll say step one: Game Pass. Uh, amazing. Uh, yep. Love love to see AAA titles on Game Pass, and that that one particularly like hit home for me because I didn't play Fallout Three on launch because I couldn't afford it, and that's the thing that like it's just so cool knowing that people don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. It's amazing for accessibility. They're just are, are the more games we have on game pass day one, the better it's, it's great. Um, but then, yeah, this, this one is particularly interesting to me with ever, every other studio acquisition where Microsoft is concerned. I've not had a question about exclusivity. Like I've been like, sure. Double fine games can be exclusive. Ninja theory games can be exclusive. Like all of that. I've not questioned it. Um, 
This isn't a like, why don't you question Sony, but you're questioning Microsoft. In this case, I'm, I feel odd about the idea that big franchises like Fallout or Elder Scrolls would be platform exclusive because they've been cross-platform and so loved by so many people for so long that it just feels a bit mean. <laughs> I know they're a business. They spent $7.4 million. They're going to do whatever they want. Um, and I don't think you spend $7.4 billion just to get a Game Pass deal when you could have done it the same way that you did with EA. They could have just had some kind of Game Pass program. I feel like it is likely that they will be exclusives. Um, and yeah, they're a business. They can do whatever they want, of course. Um, it could help with the quality of Bethesda games, in theory, if they have a, a different parent company kind of keeping an eye on that stuff. But I, I do uh, get a little, I don't know, I just feel sad for people in a weird way if they could get locked out of Elder Scrolls uh, because they're not on the right system because they can't necessarily afford it when that's something that's been cross-platform since the beginning of time, really. It just seems harsh, but uh, business be business and that. That's a $7.5 billion decision. That's right, Alana. It's going to be a big decision here. A lot of money. Alana's absolutely right. Capitalism going to capitalism. But yeah. there's all kinds of different ways for capitalism to capitalism. And, you know, that's that's a big a big question going forward. I have seen so many YouTube videos in my recommendations this week, and they're all the same kind of thing. It's always the same crowd. It's some it's some white guy with a beard, some internet prognosticator with a, with a YouTube thumbnail that says, revealed the truth, the real reason why Microsoft mm -hmm. bought Zenimax. And he's doing this, and there's like red arrows pointing at shit, and all the clickbaity <laughs> things that they do to, like, to, to teach you to get people to click uh, on your bullshit video. Just say Greg Miller. I guarantee Greg you Miller. these people don't, don't know shit. They know nothing. The yeah. only thing they know how to do is to get you to click on their bullshit video where they're going to tell you precisely nothing or make up a bunch of shit because nobody knows anything. If you're not Phil Spencer or Sadia Nutella, you don't know what's going on right now. Um, I, I, but we, I guess we, we can guess and we can speculate. Um, I don't, I, and I'll make this prediction. I don't think any of these things, uh, and I, I don't think any pre-existing Bethesda um, uh, or id Software or Zenimax uh, property is is going to be brought inside the Microsoft tent exclusively. I think that would be looked upon as a very anti-gamer, anti-consumer move. Look how much shit, shit Sony got when they tied up Spider-Man exclusively on the PlayStation. Now, and that, and that was something that was being brought out as new. They were just saying, hey, it's only going to be available on PlayStation. Um, to take that one step further, imagine if Spider-Man was already in that Avengers game and they said, hey, in the next update, we're taking it away from Xbox gamers and we're going to make it exclusive to PlayStation. There would be gamer riots in the streets, Mike, because that, like that's ne that's never really been done before. It's one. What do you think a gamer riot looks gamer like? Gamer riot. Oh yeah. There's a lot of Game Boys and DS. This is right. Like, get off me! Ah, you're horrible. <laughs> it's that sort of thing. It's not pleasant in any way. Um, but like, it's it's one thing to say, hey, we've got a new we've got a new game coming out, and it's going to be exclusive to PlayStation or whatever because we've done that deal. We're used to that. But taking something that's already out there and saying, hey, were you, a, were you a PlayStation gamer who loved Doom or Elder Scrolls or Fallout or Wolfenstein? Well, tough luck because you ain't going to have access to it anymore. I think that would be a very, very negative move for them uh, from a PR standpoint. It's also leaving money on the table. I, you know, Microsoft can make a lot of money selling these games to PlayStation and Nintendo Switch gamers down the road. Why would they not want to do that? The, the, the reason to do this, I think, again, it's all about just adding value to Game Pass. I think Microsoft can have the best of both worlds here. They can continue to sell these games at $70 a pop to PlayStation gamers, but at the same time say, hey, we have an inherent advantage over here. If you're on the Xbox platform, 
all of that stuff just just rolled into the deal you're already signing up for because everyone's going to get Game Pass. Yeah, with like, the exception of uh, Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, which Phil did specify are still honoring their existing yeah, exclusivity, right. and, which and that, does and, mean I'll play them on PlayStation because I'm and that fucking to me excited suggests that they're not looking to bring anything exclusively inside the tent. I think that they do get the best so of both much worlds. Money, yeah, they, Gary. What's that? It's so much so money. Much money yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's so is... much money that they're not making by not selling these games to to millions of PlayStation gamers. Why not? That's make absolutely that money? true. And obviously, Minecraft. Like that's why people ask the question where Microsoft is concerned. Is is like I've just seen so so much of the internet rhetoric being like, why aren't you asking this question when Sony does it? Well, that's because I know what Sony's going to do. If Sony bought Bethesda or ZeniMax, the, all the games would be exclusive. We know that. Right. Microsoft doesn't operate that way. These companies operate quite differently. Um, Phil has said that he doesn't think exclusives are the way. Uh, we, we know that they aren't the same. So with Microsoft, it is a question. And obviously with Minecraft, that is, has continued to be on PS4. They don't want to lose that user base. My with, 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 with Xbox, under in this Phil Spencer era, there's definitely a different kind of thinking going on that isn't oh. just as two-dimensional as, well, we've got these exclusives or we've got these many teraflops. That's still a part of the equation, but it's, it's now a much more complicated equation. Uh, it's complicated by Game Pass. It's complicated by xCloud. It's complicated by all kinds of different, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the all-access program. There's all kinds of different things that complicate the equation now. Microsoft is, I think, playing uh, much more six-dimensional chess than Sony is right now in terms of how they're positioning uh, their argument for you to be, you know, part of the Xbox ecosystem as opposed to, um, you know, anyone else's predominantly uh, Sony. My, I may well be wrong, but my prediction is they will continue to sell all these games to PlayStation gamers, but they'll, but they'll have that inherent advantage of, listen, if you're going to play them, you're better they're off playing game. them over here because they're all folded into Game Pass and you're not paying $70 a time for these games. My guess, and I guess we'll see how this conversation ages, like put a pin in episode mm -hmm. 11 of the X-Cast. My guess is new IPs will be Xbox cool. exclusive. Existing IPs will still be available everywhere, potentially maybe a week earlier on uh, Game Pass, but certainly all day one Game Pass. And it's something that I feel like sort of sank in with this acquisition is it's so affordable to, especially with xCloud, to just be on both systems yep. you don't actually have to own an xbox series x or an xbox series s you can just have game pass on your phone and we know that i've tested it out now or on your like, pc right if, if you have a pc yeah which i feel like a lot of people probably still do <laughs> but in theory <laughs> xcloud runs on a laptop just fine it's streaming that's how it works yeah so and i still and i still think there'll be some kind of stadia type dongle like an hdmi thing i, I still think microsoft probably. will bring something like that to market um, or even just like an Apple TV app, or maybe not Apple, because you know that whole thing's continuing to go on. Right. Um, but I think I, I think you're right, Alana. That that unannounced things, and we know that Bethesda got a lot of things in the work. There's every possibility the new things will be platform exclusives. I just don't think that Microsoft wants to be in the business of taking anything away from gamers and saying, "Hey, guess what, PlayStation gamers." we're locking you out of these games that you already have a lot invested in. The next Elder Scrolls game, the next Wolfenstein, the next Doom, the next Fallout. Sorry, you just can't play those anymore. I, I don't I think, think so either. would be a very I negative would, move for them. But then by that logic, why that. aren't all their games also on PlayStation? Well, I, 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 because the ones that they bring out, the offering at launch is, hey, this is an Xbox exclusive game. And, pe and people already accept that as part of the culture that we've, we've lived with platform exclusives ever since the days of Mario and Sonic. But to take, but to take games that have traditionally historically been multi-platform and say, hey, we're going to start freezing vast parts of the audience out 
of franchises that they've already yeah. spent years getting invested I mean, in. That's I mean, a different proposal. Yeah. Again, you're right. Capitalism going to capitalism. Like they, they can do whatever they want. Of course, I'm not telling them they can't. Um, but this one just seems too harsh. And, you know, I don't think it's comparable to any of the other acquisitions that have happened recently. Um, I mean, certainly there have been studio acquisitions with games that have been on multiple platforms, but not beloved franchises like this. Uh, it, def- it, it, de- it definitely, uh, you know, more than anything, um, helps answer the question to those people who like to say, well, what, what, what where's Microsoft's, you know, first party portfolio? Like, what do they really got? Like, where are their studios? Well, they just made a massive, massive addition that uh, one's because now they're like, but those just sucks now anyway. Because yeah. I think oh, that some people like they're just trying to like. I'm like, I mean, I mean, let's reputation has taken some hits in the last year or two with Fallout 76 and so many other. Which is uh, really because uh, Bethesda Studios, though. Right. <laughs> That's such a small part of it. Uh, right, and there's and and it, and it is and it is part of a bigger portfolio. I do think as well that you you might see some in, incremental things, like for example, let's say the net, let's you know whatever the next uh, Elder Scrolls, you know the Skyrim sequel is, whatever that is, that's going to come out on all platforms. This is my prediction; it will come out on PlayStation, but it'll be rolled into Game Pass, so it's a better value there right away. And there may be some time to mix, like time DLC and things like things like they do this on Black Ops all the time, right? Call of Duty. Uh, there's a special mode that's only available on the PlayStation I version. I think the DLC was only available for Xbox. Is that right? Um, well, I know I'm that they sure annoyed a correct. lot of people with the last uh, Call of Duty, where there was a particular mode that was only available to play on PlayStation, and it was mm-hmm. and that timed exclusively exclusively was for a year, which is essentially the entire life cycle of a Call of Duty game, right? Because they last a year before the next one essentially comes along um and people don't always like that uh but i but I, I, th- I think i think you'll see some like incremental exclusivity like you know you'll get maybe timed exclusives either on the main content uh or on you know dlc or just additional bonuses they, they they're gonna they're, they're gonna want to make as many arguments as they can to be playing these games on xbox while at the same time not alienating or freezing out the vast numbers of gamers out there uh on the playstation and on the nintendo switch um, that there's a there's a lot of be lot of money to be made uh, selling those games to those gamers. Minecraft's a great example. That was a game that was available to everybody. Microsoft bought it for a lot of money, a lot, 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 lot less money than Zenimax, but still for a lot of money. Yeah. And they didn't bring it inside the Microsoft tent. If anything, they made it more accessible to people um, because they knew that it was such a beloved game and and people love playing it on every format. And there's a lot of money to be made continuing to service. Uh, those people. It's a very simple equation. Is there more money to be made selling this to everyone, or or, or making it exclusive to Microsoft? Someone How do they recoup that seven point four billion? Which, for the record, because I think we haven't mentioned it, is more money than it cost Disney to buy Star Wars. No, they didn't. Uh, wait, is that right? How much? I mean, did, certainly, yeah, was Star Wars, I think I've heard Star that. Wars was roughly three to four billion. I want to say. Hold on, Star Wars. Sold to Disney for. You think I would point, remember this? But I don't. It was such a long time ago. Yeah, four point zero five billion, which is crazy. Wow, Alana, I that's, know. that's crazy. Yeah, and, uh, and 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 in turn, that's you know more than what do they pay for Minecraft? Two billion, and Minecraft yeah. is one of the biggest uh, gaming uh, properties on the planet. So they they you know look, Microsoft is not writing a seven billion dollar check on a whim. They've done their math. They've done their due diligence. They've figured out whether or not this is something that they that they can recoup and make money on. Uh, in the long term. And don't forget, this is the long term. They are taking the long term view here. It's not like how quickly can we make this money back? This is all about building the value of the brand. This is about digging in and trenching uh, for a long for a long uh, war to come. 
um, and for the future of the Xbox platform. So they see it as a long-term investment. They may not even have uh, a plan in place for like how, how long it would take to kind of recoup this, but they're seeing this as, a, a, as an investment in the future of Game Pass and Xbox. Um, but yeah, like they, they, they didn't just walk blindly into making this deal. I'm sure there's like a binder this thick of like all the diligence they did on exactly what they're getting for their money, what their plan is to how, what their plan is to then turn that into profit. Um, we, we're not privy to any of that, but, uh, I, I, I trust, um, uh, uh, Phil and, and the people at Microsoft that they, that they made this deal, um, you know, confident that it's going to earn out for them in the long run. Yeah. It's I so cool to where... think about it. It's an extra like, 2,300 people. I really hope there aren't layoffs. A lot of acquisitions lead to layoffs, but it's a, it is a lot of studios that they can have working on a lot of cool stuff, which is exciting. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, no worries a lot. I think you put up a great point right there. It's like, right, I want all these people to keep their jobs. Hopefully that group just keeps working like they've always done and Microsoft slowly incorporates themselves into that team and you know finds the best way to use them. I, I really don't want to see Todd Howard or Pete Hines or any of the big mega faces that we know and love or anybody lose their jobs. So hopefully this transition is pretty smooth and interesting mm-hmm. or, you know, smooth and easy. I, I I think it will be too, with what we've seen before on the flip side, you know, you guys brought up value, value, value. You talked about exclusives, you know, those are easy to touch on. Now I start to look to the future, right? And I think Alan will bring a smile, right? Obsidian fallout, new Vegas too. I know the internet kind of got a little hype over that idea, but for me, I even think, I even think bigger, right? And I posed a question to all of you guys a couple of weeks ago of like, Hey, three, four, three, they've had a couple hits. They've had a couple misses. And we talked about maybe taking that away. What if instead of taking it away completely from three, four, three, maybe they say, Hey, machine games, Hey, id software, you make killer shooters. Have you ever thought of making a side story game for gears or for halo for us? Cause I think that would be super fun with those kind of game mechanics. The fast paced first person shooter in a halo or gear spinoff world would be my dream there. Maybe, maybe the long-term play here, Mike, is keep gobbling up studios and finally they can get to that uh, Microsoft version of uh, Smash Bros or PlayStation All-Stars. <laughs> yeah, I know, they That's have enough That's what we now. want. I want, I, want the, I want Doom Guy fighting Master Chief yeah. on a platform somewhere. <laughs> With Viva Pinata and Conquer. Yeah, yeah exactly. and, 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 and a car from Forza or something. I don't know. <laughs> Cameo and, and Joanna Dark. Get them all in there. <laughs> what uh, if we had id Software make the next Perfect Dark? Ooh, Alana, that would be see, really cool. I mean, that, and, 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 <laughs> that see, would that's, be fun. That's, that's the really fun thing <laughs> about having like? all the talent under the same umbrella is you can start doing crossovers and you can start doing these talent crossovers where you start plugging people into, you know, different franchises and, and, and universes that weren't uh, previously available. Yeah, so like id Software could do a, could do a perfect dark game. That's an exciting uh, prospect. I just don't know um, what that looks like. Right. We obviously spoke about the business stuff. We spoke about like having compassion for people on other platforms who are attached to franchises. But honestly, generally, I'm just really excited about this. Oh, um, no doubt. I, I, think, I think we'll see a lot of cool stuff come out of it. And uh, from what we know of, of the devs who have quietly spoken up about working with Microsoft after these acquisitions, they have a lot of freedom. They are still allowed to make really whatever they want from the sounds of things. Um, I always have concerns that subscription services go hand-in-hand with games as service and microtransaction models. Um, Phil did say to me, you know, that they, I guess, have to show everyone that that won't necessarily be the case. Um, That's not a quote, (laughs) paraphrasing 100%. Um, But uh, it's, it, the more, the, the, the ZeniMax acquisition specifically makes me like, maybe this is not a problem. Obviously, Fallout 76, a lot of people have beef with. I've had a lot of fun with that game, full disclosure. But then my favorite game is Deadly Premonition, which everyone knows is trash. So what do I know? 
But basically, like, I just think that we could see a lot of very cool stuff out of this with um, a huge parent company that has more money than is is imaginable. Mountains more money than Sony on Nintendo. It's tremendous. Uh, who could, you know, support these these people in making very cool stuff that we'll continue to see. So I feel good about it overall. Gary, yeah, what, what are your final thoughts on this? What do, you, what do you think about this big deal? I think if this were EA buying them, we'd be having a very different conversation in terms of uh, the, the positivity Ooh. of our outlook. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I, I have more like I have more faith in Microsoft than I do in EA and Activision, some of the and some of the other mega companies to basically do this right, particularly uh, under the current uh, leadership. You know, Xbox has, has had some, you know struggled a little bit uh, under under some of its prior leaders. I think they're in much better shape now in terms of the leadership team, in terms of the uh, the the the. the, the the strat, the overall strategy, and the and the kind of strategic thinking that's going behind all the big moves they're making: Series S, Series X, X Cloud Game Pass, Zenimax. All of these, they're doing so many different things in so many different um, areas. It is making Sony, I think, um, look a little bit two dimensional in their approach, uh, a little bit old fashioned. Like, hey, here's another powerful box and a bunch of games like that. Like their their offering hasn't really changed. They're not really doing anything radical in terms of how they're offering you something cool. Microsoft, I think, is, is coming at you um, in a variety of different ways with xCloud, uh, with, um, uh, with the, you know, the low-priced Series S, um, with, hey, they have a blue controller. See that blue controller, Mike? That's so no hot, joke. Mary. So hot. So hot. I mean, and blue is PlayStation's color. That feels like a very aggressive move. <laughs> did you see, I don't know, again, this is one of those bullshit YouTube videos. So they did a blue controller and it's white on the back. And that colorway got a lot of people saying that this is like Microsoft dropping hints that they're going to buy Sega. Did you see this? This is this is the latest. Oh yeah, that, that was the that they were? heading into Tokyo Game I Show. I think they said that they were not doing that. I feel that like would that be was again that. Would, but again, if they did at, at this point though, if that drops this afternoon, that would be a big story. But like you, you probably wouldn't be totally shamed. Yeah, this tracks with the other moves that they have been making. Why not? I I I, I think at this point. Um, you know, 2020, of course, is the year of, of you know, nothing can surprise us anymore. Uh, and, Don't and say so, that, Gary. Don't well, say there's that. There's a lot going on. We got, we got <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling the next two months are going to be the longest month, months of our lives. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, but certainly, certainly in this space, um, I think that it's going to be, I think this is going to be the most interesting um, uh, generation in a long time. I've said for a long time that one of the reasons why I, so admire and I'm grateful for the existence of Nintendo is they're really the only company out there doing their own thing, doing something radically different. Microsoft and Sony now for, for what, four generations have done, basically for the last 20 years, have done nothing but launch very, very similar boxes that are only differentiated by a handful of exclusive titles on each side. There's, there's very little to differentiate them. Um, this year, I think that's, that's uh, not, no longer the case, both externally, the, the two boxes aesthetically, in terms of their hardware, have never looked more different. Um, and in terms of the offering, I think I, you know, it's if somebody said to me, "Hey, like a year ago, should I get a PlayStation Four or an Xbox One?" I would have said, "Ah, eh, there's really not much in it. Like, do you like Halo or do you like Uncharted? That there's not a huge. You know, they all basically do the same thing." Mm-hmm. Now I would really have to think about what answer I would give you because they're not the same anymore. At least not the, the hardware is not terribly different, but the Still offering is. And I think that's that's what you're really looking like. What am I buying into here? Not just in terms of the hardware specs, but what is my experience as a gamer going to be like? How do I purchase my games? How much do they cost? Where and how can I play them? Those are now two very different answers on Xbox and PlayStation. And I think that's what's going to make this next generation very interesting. It is so Great. cool to think about. And 
I'll tell you this. I told you I was super hype about this. As an Xbox gamer, I cheer about this, right? We head into the next generation with a lot of momentum, a lot of cool features, a lot of awesome services, and gosh darn it, a lot of cool games heading in. So I'm really excited. And if you're a gamer, no matter who you are, you should be excited as well, right? The Game Pass offering continues to drive value, just like Alana Pierce said. And now with your favorite Bethesda titles in Game Pass, you don't have to spend that $60 anymore over on PlayStation or wherever, wherever you play. You can just go get Game Pass. So it is a big deal. I'm excited to see where we draw the line on exclusives. You know, Alana brought up, you know, this is business, right? You could go either way. Petty Mike says, I never give you a single game ever again. Petty Mike says, I'll give you Dishonored and you never get to see the big boy games. Reality says, hey, no matter where you play, you can always come over for $15 a month with Game Pass and get Shade these games that yeah, I, don't, I don't like the disbursement uh, I mean, of Dishonored. You have the, you have the scraps off the table. That. Just you know, I'll give you yeah. that. That's all you get, you two. That's all you get. Dishonored that's 2 has the best of all level of design. Their franchises. <laughs> right, Barrett? Uh, it has the best level design of this generation, <laughs> Mike. Go play a fucking adult <laughs> oh game with Dishonored 2. Wow, you just touched a nerve with Barrett. What happened there? I had no idea. Dishonored 2 was game of the year when it came out. I'm just all I'm saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this. I love Xbox. I love my incredible team here with the kind of funny X cast. And we're going to make you smile right before we leave. Really quick, let's go around to everybody. Your favorite Bethesda title that makes you smile. Gary Witta, give me the first one so we can get out of here. I got to say, as much as I like everything across the board with Bethesda, there isn't one uh, series of games that they have that is like the big standout one for me. I don't really... Uh, dig the Doom games. If I'm being completely honest with you, I suppose I suppose I would go with um, Wolfenstein. I like the I like the Wolfenstein games. I think they, I think they, I, I like the world. I like the narrative. I like the storytelling. Did you um, play Youngblood? That was the one that wasn't good, right? With the two sisters. Yeah, I didn't play the most because precisely because it didn't get good reviews. But the ones prior to that, you know, um, was it the New Order? I can't remember the New Order or the New the New Colossus. The yeah. New Colossus. Sorry, um, I enjoyed oh, that. But- um, I, I I just enjoy those those worlds better. I tried to get into Skyrim. I couldn't do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make another effort. I don't fuck I've, with Skyrim either, Gary. I couldn't get into it. Like you know what I hated about it is like, I hate. I, mean, I finished it. I hate it, it when video games say, "Oh shit, you're carrying too much shit." Like fuck oh, off. It's it. a video game. You should like Zelda. Let's me carry whatever I want. Like what what the fuck are you doing? This isn't real. Let me carry my shit. Yeah, but you gotta um, like pay. You gotta pay for uh, space in Zelda though. You know you gotta mm, find all gotta those Korok seeds. True. But at least it will let you carry it in the first place. Encumbrance <laughs> is just like a thing in video games that I really, really don't. Uh, Mine's fall like. damage. I hate fall damage unless it's Ooh. like I don't something like that, that adds either. to a level. But generally, fall damage can fuck off. Because uh, I'm playing through Sekiro again and, right and, now, and I'm like, fall- fuck. And anytime they reverse your controls yeah. in a game as a as a negative, it's like, oh, sorry for the next ten seconds, your controls are reversed. That can fuck off as well. That's <laughs> kind of going away, but I never did like it. Um, I, I desperately want to get into a super nerdy RPG, though. I've got my eye on Baldur's Gate 3. Hell yeah. And, and whatever, whatever the next Elder Scrolls game is going to be, I probably will take a uh, serious uh, look at it. But if you ask me, like, in terms of what's out there... Um, Love to play Baldur's Gate 3 with you. That's the next couple of days, right? Can you, when you say with me, is there is there a way to play it as, I believe as it's I believe it's fully co-op, yeah, because that's the oh. same studio that made... Um, uh oh my gosh the fucking fantastic rpgs what are they called it's larian who make yeah oh, and they're known oh god, for making something really good name. right 
Yes, there's what's the name? Divinity, Divinity Original or, Sin. Divinity Original, Original Sin one Original and two. Sin, that's it, yeah. Yes, which is multiplayer in a really, really, really smart way. I would I would be surprised. Let's do it. Well, let's 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 put a crew together and we'll uh, we'll go we'll create characters, maybe we'll stream it or something. Let's do that. Yeah, I'd I'd love when to. Is it I, I love that game. When is it, it is multiplayer. Out? Uh sixth of October in early access. Oh I thought it was soon. There you go. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah, All it's right. fantastic. Uh very exciting stuff. Um a lot to, of Pierce. Yeah, David circle Bethesda back. Game? It, my favorite Bethesda game probably is Dishonored 2. I think that game is absolutely incredible. Um, super underrated. Uh, but I, I am with Gary. I love both of those first two Wolfenstein games. Uh, I didn't love Youngblood just because the literal formula changed. It became sort of a looter shooter, um, which I don't love. Though, shout out to Shelby, who's a very cool friend of mine, who's one of the voice actresses in that game. It's fantastic. Uh, she rules. But um, I also love Doom. And I've always loved Fallout. So I think the reason that I never like got into uh, Elder Scrolls is probably because I loved Morrowind and then didn't play any for ages. And then like I did play or Wasteland originally. I played the original Fallouts and then I went to Fallout 3, obviously played New Vegas as well. Um, but it, so I've, I feel like I've always been more of a Fallout person than I have been an Elder Scrolls person. And I don't know if that's like a consistent thing. I feel like most people are probably one or the other. You're not just both of those. It's too much. So I'm on Team Fallout where that's concerned, uh, though I do love a fantasy RPG for sure. So I don't know. They have a lot of franchises that I really, really like. But right now, Arcane is one of my favorite studios, uh, including Prey and Deathloop oh. is probably like outside of, you know, thinking about things technically, um, just on a very personal, subjective level. Uh, I'm most excited about Deathloop for next gen right now that's What's the um the horror franchise that they have that people really like, Is it like evil within evil or within. Yep. evil within i haven't played it because I, I i don't fuck with horror games but people really like those i like well. the second one i have i have some bones to pick with evil within because i think the level design is too obvious which i recognize it's an issue of someone who plays too many video games but it uh evil within one was very broken for me because you'd be like you'd walk in a room and there's a box and I'd be like, oh, cool. So someone's going to jump through there, meaning I have to hide behind this box while they loop around and then I have to leave. And that's exactly what happens. And I had that over and over and over again with the first Evil Within. Even Within 2, not so much. It did get a, a, a bit weirder. But the, yeah, the level design in that first game, I was like, I know 100% what's going to happen when I walk in this room, which ruins a bit of the fear factor for it. But again, I think that happens when, you know, my job is to play video games all day, every day. I, I just so. went to the Evil Within 2 uh, Steam page and looked at a couple of screenshots and immediately noped out and just like, I'm yeah. done. I cannot do horror games. I hate but, being yeah. chased, and you certainly oh, get chased oh, in uh, Evil oh. Within 2. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, not my, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. I can't do it. Baldur's Gate 3, though. I just Man, I didn't realize it just around the corner. We got to yeah, get on that. Close. I'm excited. Yeah, 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 Larry is uh, incredible. Love this stuff. And obviously this one is a, a tie-in with uh, right. a universe. I'll reach, out, I'll reach out to you nearer the time and we'll figure that out because I would yeah, love, love to, to play online with someone. That's Let's great. Do it. Yeah. Let's go to our producer quickly. Barrett Courtney, favorite Bethesda game, go. Dishonored, I think we know. Dishonored too far and away. Yeah. Uh, I'm very... <laughs> love it. I'm also very excited for Deathloop. I'm also just personally excited for Arcane Studios uh, with this future of uh, Microsoft just because their last few games, um, I don't think Bethesda knows how to sell Arcane games. Um, and that's why like, I don't think Dishonored 2 uh, really got the attention it deserved. And obviously, like Prey had some like weird um, kind of... Um, 
issues as well with uh, getting that game out there and getting it in front of people. But that um, Prey DLC is fantastic and almost nobody's played yeah. it. Yeah, and, and so, so like, cool. obviously, like, Deathloop seems like the most, like, exciting and, like, uh, eye-catching kind of game that they've uh, made so far in their lineup. Uh, so I, I hope that puts them on the map, and I hope uh, Microsoft starts to look at them and uh, say, like, okay, you guys make something really special here. How do we sell you? Because I, I don't think Bethesda's done a good job at it. So I'm just excited yeah. for them in general. Good insights right there. I will round us out right now. Uh, Alana brought up Fallout. Uh, Gary brought up Doom, Wolfenstein. Everybody has come together on all these games, and they are universally loved. And for me, I love them all. I will always be an Elder Scrolls guy from Morrowind on the OG Xbox to Oblivion. I still have all the strategy guides. And, of course, 11, 11, 11. You will never forget the day Skyrim dropped. You will never forget the intro. I have played that intro about a million times. Prisoner, you're awoken now or whatever he said to me. It's so <laughs> much fun. I'll never forget. But uh, very exciting stuff. And I would like to see, like Barrett said, I want to see Microsoft push that team and make a Prey 2. And I want them to put it up like a Hellblade 2. Right? Like I want them to make something weird, something different. And really promote this. So it will be very interesting to see. That's of something I should go grab on Steam. I, that that Prey remake that I the people told me that I should play. I should go play that. Everyone said I yeah, should, you play. should go play, go play that. that. Yeah. You should go play that. You're going to love it. I'm grabbing it right now. Yeah. He's going to grab that. And with that, we're going to go but around the But it is also scary. Oh, oh, is it? it? Okay. It All right. No, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Let's, let's, no, let's, let's no. watch it. Wow, you can get a Prey oh. and a Dishonored Gary. 2 bundle on Steam Prey right is now. Really, what a value. Prey fucking you mentally, Gary. I'm just going to warn you right now. What did you say? It's it's gonna fuck with you mentally, and life doesn't. (laughs) Trust me, I'm good. I I can take whatever that game can throw at me. Alana Pierce, where can everybody find you, and what cool stuff are you doing before we leave? I'm Charlanazad everywhere. It's my name in the middle of Charizard. Uh, Very excited. My personal YouTube channel, which really is just a thing I do, is like a hobby and a fun creative outlet. Is like getting very close to 500,000 subscribers, which has been. Just like something I never thought would have happened on that channel where I'm just very genuine and my camera quality is terrible, but I just make stuff I want to talk about. So it's been, that's been very exciting. Um, but more importantly, as I mentioned, Indie Land is currently happening. Let me get the exact What's Indie Land? You guys. Uh, it is. I think actually I have all the info here on Discord. Indie Land is basically uh, an ongoing... Uh, it happens every single year. The completionist Gerard um, plans this full show where they show off a bunch of cool indie games. Uh, it's going from September 20th through 27th. Most of it is actually, um, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So there should be like two huge slots. Uh, Saturday is literally 12 a.m. to 11 p.m. And then Sunday is 12 a.m. to 4 p.m. So we got a lot lot of stuff there. Apparently the last game is, is sorry, the the last studio shown is Yacht Club, whom I love. I would love to know what they're working on. Um, but it's, yeah, raising money for charity while also showing you a bunch of cool indie games. So definitely check out uh indie land i believe it'll be on the front page of twitch it usually is uh but yeah very very cool thing to be a part of it is on twitch.tv slash the completionist uh and is ongoing right now because it is 24 hours and gets pretty crazy so definitely want to give a shout out to um to indie land for sure heck yeah lana gary where can everybody find you what cool stuff are you doing and let's get out of here my guy at Gary Witter on twitter twitch.tv slash gary Witter. uh talk guys the four guys talk show is uh uh, continuing, we've got um, uh, the wonderful Trisha Hirschberger will be joining us as hey. our guest. Do you know she's Trisha, so Alana? Cool. She's great. Yeah, I love Trisha. Yeah, she uh, she's one of my favorite people too. Uh, she's going to be she's still searching for that elusive first crown on uh, Fall Guys, and we have gotten our guests 
their first crown on uh, the show in the past. We've got Amy Okuda, her first crown uh, live on the show. And uh, we're going to endeavor to uh, get one uh, for Trisha. And Mike, just bringing oh, yeah. it back around, I just recently found out that I have been invited back for the next Fall Mania. Um, and so I, you and I, sir, will be uh, meeting uh, on the field of battle and you'll be getting to play-by-play uh, -play play some of my Four Guys fails uh, in the competitive scenario uh, again very soon. Thank you, Grand Pooh Bear, uh, for inviting me back. I'm very honored to be a part of a really amazing uh, tournament. That's so awesome. Well, thank you for partaking. And of course, thank you to Alana, Gary, and Barrett for being here on behalf of myself, the Kind of Funny team, and all the best friends around the globe. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 11 of the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We will be back next week. Enjoy! Your kind of funny Xbox weekend. I hope you got your pre-order. I hope you're pumped up about Bethesda. And of course, share all that hype in the comments below. See ya.